Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is I am the true vine. Now, here's Pastor Chris. I have a neighbor. Um, his name is Robert. Robert's in the Army. He's, uh, I believe now, uh, should have graduated from becoming a, uh, a medic, a 68 whiskey. And he, uh, he had lived in our complex for years. And he decided he's going to go and join the military. And he lived across from us. And in between is this banana tr- plant. And in this uh, banana plant, banana tree, I didn't know you could grow bananas in Glendora. Apparently you could. And it's a cool tree. But then it became this huge, big monster. And Robert, he came back, and he decided uh, he would go, and he would prune the tree. And so he cut all of the branches down, or not all of them, but most of them. And all of a sudden, a plant that was huge and gregarious, all of a sudden, was very small. But yet, it had room to grow, room to breathe, and be able to bring life back. Because as it had grown, it had gotten pretty stale, gotten yellow. All of a sudden, it was vibrant, and it grew, and it bare fruit. And now, there's a huge clump of bananas right in front of me. That are green that I can't eat yet, but I will soon. Today we're talking about Jesus being the vine. The vine and the uh, vine, we as the branches, and the Father as a gardener. And as you saw in the video that we just showed, really awesome visual portrayal of the gospel coming to life, right? You could see the vines coming out of the ground and the branches. And then eventually, as you, as many of you have, uh, I'm sure, seen vines, especially grapes, you'll see that they bear fruit. I love grapes. I love grape juice. It's awesome. It's very healthy. I love cherry juice even more. But grape juice uh, is awesome because it's sweet. It's rich. Sometimes it can be tart. And it's vibrant and it brings life. All of these things are necessary, though. Uh, In order for this to happen, you have to have nutrients. So Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. In fact, it continues. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will grow even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, I have also remained in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So Jesus, he being the true vine, again, a description. The I am statements are descriptions of who Jesus is and points to. So A vine as well. What is the purpose of a vine? Well, a vine carries the nutrients to go to the branches and ultimately to bear fruit. 
In certain plants, it may be flowers. In other plants, it may be berries or grapes or cherries, whatever it may be. In order to have a successful plant, though, you need to have, of course, you need to have good soil, rich with nutrients, calcium, and a bunch of whole other scientific names that I, I don't remember, but, but are necessary and, and important for life. And yet, just like humans as well, it needs sunshine, it needs vitamin D, it needs air, and it needs water. Just like human life, plants need these things to grow. And if you have good soil, if you have a lot of good, healthy air, not smoggy air, and you have plenty of sunshine and plenty of good water, life will abound. Even in the desert, there is still plants and there still is life. God can do amazing things anywhere if we can nurture these plants. And much like uh, in life, however, we grow. Sometimes we'll grow and, and, and plants grow up fast. And sometimes they need to be held back in order for it to get stronger. I kind of equate um, plants growing, kind of like to working out. So 10 years ago, I went to this gym called Team CrossFit Academy. Awesome. Still very good friends with my coach. And... I remember, though, the first two to three days. After three days, I couldn't walk because I was so sore. I remember it was a very simple workout that just utterly destroyed me. It was doing, um, we did five pull-ups, ten push-ups, and just 15 simple air squats as many times you can in ten minutes. You would think, okay, ten minutes, you know, when you're... 20-something, you think you're invincible and you can do everything, right? And then I get through the workout and I'm probably about seven minutes in and I literally thought I was going to pass out. All of the world started to not quite spin, but it kind of got a little fuzzy. And I just, I had to sit down. And, and there's nothing worse than disappointing your coach when you just, I, I got to stop. Okay, especially if you're in CrossFit, you know, you go all the way until you pass out. Not really. We don't teach that. That's a myth. But personally, it's like, I'm going to do this until I pass out. Well, I was just about to pass out, and I just I sat down. And the next two days, you see, when you work out, when you haven't worked out for a while, the muscle soreness doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it may take a day. And especially two days afterwards, the DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, can be one of the most painful things. And if you've never worked out that hard, I couldn't walk. I couldn't lift my arms up. And, and the thing is, this was not the first time I did this. I did this again a couple of years later. I remember I went to Disneyland. And my, it was the last day that my wife and I had these passes and they expired. So we went out. We got home and I thought, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm, I want to make sure that I have a good life. And uh, I, I decided I'm going to work out. So I did a bunch of pull-ups and I did a bunch of running. And for the next three to four days, I was on my lazy boy with extreme muscle soreness. I couldn't physically get up because it hurt too much. And on top of that, Disneyland gave us food poisoning as well. So I was a wreck. Aside from the food poisoning. Now, I will say this, though. Every time I came back and I was consistent, I got stronger. 
It didn't happen as fast as I wanted it to, and I never got my six-pack abs, but that's okay. I got stronger. Sometimes growing means we also have to prune some of those things out of our lives. In this case, recently, I had to prune some food out of my life. I was very disappointed, but I knew I wanted to be healthy. When I first got to this church, I was 185 pounds. Now, some people, okay, that might be a lot, maybe not, I don't know. But since then, I've lost 17 and a half of those pounds since I've gotten here. In order to do that, I had to actually exercise. And so I've been doing that. I've been riding my bike. But the most important thing, if you really, truly want to lose weight, you've got to change your diet. I had to incorporate more of uh, vegetables into my life. And at first, I really didn't like it. But then I discovered the value of spices and good olive oil. And all of a sudden, I got to be creative and make new recipes. And as time went on, those horrible, disgusting vegetables actually got pretty good. But pruning out the ice cream, now I would do have to, in all honesty, I didn't prune ice cream all the way out. My wife will attest to that. But I certainly cut a lot of it out. And now today, I'm feeling a whole lot healthier. It wasn't easy. I didn't want to prune out ice cream or cookies or snicker bars out of my life. And I didn't always want to get on my bike or go out and do push-ups or squats. But I knew that if I wanted to be healthy, I needed to work. And sometimes working out, it can hurt. You know, over time, we've gotten comfortable. It's easy because we have microwaves. We have instant pots. We have cell phones where we can have everything now. And yet when I was a kid, there was no such thing as an iPhone. There was a mobile phone, a car phone. But there was no such thing as something as simple as this, where I could have the world at my fingertips, literally. And I think sometimes as well, when we don't struggle, when we get comfortable, life can kind of take a a turn. It's easy for us to complain. But Jesus says... Sometimes a plant needs to be pruned. And the pruning sometimes is uncomfortable. It needs regular pruning in order for it to grow. And it also says and continues, You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And, and Jesus doesn't mean perfection. Okay? Because we're all a work in progress. Amen? Amen. Ladies, I know you just got baptized and you're feeling on top of the world. And that's awesome. But just know as well, we're not perfect. And it's only daily as we walk together in Christ, as we read our Bible, as we study the scriptures, as we pray, and as we grow in faith, that we draw closer to, to Christ. But yet Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch, and as we're, the, as we're going to read, we're, we're branches. No, fruit, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so the next thing is, Jesus says, I am the vine and we are the branches. In order for a plant to bear fruit, it's got to have some kind of branch so that uh, a flower or a fruit can bear forth. And so Jesus, as the vine, as the base, as the trunk, as the, as the stable one, providing the nutrients, providing the health, 
God gives us these nutrients and that we as well, in turn, as we're connected to the vine as branches, we are changed, we are shaped, and we are given the necessary tools and ingredients for life. And yet sometimes as we grow, well, as we grow, we will bear fruit. Hopefully good fruit. Fruit of love, of grace, of humility, of compassion, of wisdom and understanding. And yet in our faith, sometimes as well, life will come and sometimes life can be challenging. I know as I've, I've, as I've sat down and I've listened to you all, I've heard your stories and I find a lot of faith. And at times it seems like God has been pruning us. And that can be uncomfortable because we don't want to be pruned at times. We want things easier. But Jesus says in order for us to grow, we have to be pruned. So Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And pruning, cleaning the tree is cutting away those, perhaps those dead parts of the tree. And also those that um, inhibit growth. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to come in our lives and say, Hey man, I think we need to make some changes. But when we recognize and we give our life to Christ, and eventually as we let things go, and sometimes they may be painful, our life actually is that much better. Amen? Some of you maybe perhaps have struggled with drugs and alcohol. And when you walked away, I know some of you, you quit cold turkey. And as you told me, and as I'm hearing you now as well, your life is a million times better. Amen? Amen. Okay. So give those things to God. There's a a man, I believe his name, I I don't remember his name. Let's just name him Randy. And he had a a wife named Carol. And they had two birds, uh, Coco and what was it Charlie and Coco had claws that would grow pretty fast and if they didn't trim the claws Coco would get caught in the nest one time they were gone for several hours and they found Coco upside down not able to get away from the nest and you as an owner I'm sure would feel horrible and so Randy would have to reach in and sometimes Coco would be scared and fought back every single time. Whereas Charlie welcomed the embrace. It would be petted, it would be swooned so much easier. But for Coco, it was a fight. And so he would take Coco and try to hold as gently but firmly as possible and then try to clip the nails. And after much yearning to get back in the cage, he would put Coco back into the birdcage, and Coco would be able to be free to fly around. And much like Coco, I think sometimes in our lives, when it feels like God is pruning our lives, sometimes we just want to do everything we can to fight like Coco, right? But yet, we don't realize that the claws are holding us back from a better life. As we continue, we find that Jesus says, I am the vine where the branches. We have to remain in Christ. 
The disciples were blessed because they were able to hear firsthand from Jesus words of wisdom, words for life. And they were able to be fed and nurtured. And much as the second generation of Christians in the book of John and we ourselves today, we as well can be fed and nurtured through the scriptures. In the the Bible that I read, the words of Jesus are in red, easily identifiable. And I can search, I can grow, and I can learn life lessons of how to live life, of how to lead, of how to love, how to have faith, and take faith in stories where even the most faithful Christians were not perfect. But yet God still loved them, and God still used them. And so Christ, he, he, he yearns for us to, again, continue to remain in me. And Jesus as well, in, in, in verse 7, he states, If you remain in me and remain in my, in my words, remain in me, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Being faithful. Now, sometimes, as I indicated earlier, you know, when I was 17, I wanted a, a, a big truck. And praise the Lord, he didn't bless me with a truck. Because I, again, like I said before, I probably would have hurt myself or, heaven forbid, I would have hurt somebody else because of my immaturity. God desires to give us the desires of our heart. And yet as well, God doesn't want to give us something, though, that would ultimately hurt us or hurt another, right? And sometimes, again, like I've said before, God does not work to our timing. God works to God's timing. God will say yes or no, sometimes not as fast as we want, or in the manner that we want. But if we truly desire the good things of God, imagine what God can do in your life. So remain in Jesus. In verse 8, he says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Because ultimately, God has called us as disciples to go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And as disciples, if we bear fruit, people are going to be attracted to us because they're going to know we're different. We don't lash out. We love and respond with kindness. And as Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, Remain in my love. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus unites us through love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be, comp- may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We find in, in verse uh, 34 that Jesus sets a new command so he's hearkening back to chapter 13 where he says a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples the fact of the matter is that as we go through life as we stay united and remain in Christ as well as Christ has called us into the world sorry It will affect our relationships with our family and our friends, hopefully in a positive way. Because if you truly want to witness the world, first off, witness to your family. 
Focus on your family. And as you love and respect and, 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 and are, live life together with them, they will know and see a difference in you. And I pray that they will want to have that same peace, that same hope, that same joy. It may be quick and it may be a lifetime, but you are the best disciple and example for God. So remain in God's love, remain in God's teachings, and share in with love. And yet we also find, too, though, that our relationship to Christ influences our relationship to the world. Because as we go forth and share the good news, whether in deed or in word, people are going to notice. Jesus, when he was here on earth, he was different. Nobody responded like Jesus did. Nobody loved like Jesus did. Nobody healed like Jesus did. And at times as well, it brought into conflict with the rest of the Jewish community. As we've read, especially in chapter 8, they wanted to stone Jesus. Jesus' words went against the cultural norms of what was expected. In many respects, Jesus turned everything upside down for the better. But just as Jesus shared, he gained opposition. But as he continued, he led with love, with grace and empathy. And if we're to remain in Christ and if we're to bear fruit, as Jesus has called us to go forth as well, we too as well should be loving, kind, empathetic, and full of joy and goodness. Yet, just like Jesus as well, the fact of the matter is we're going to face opposition. And I'm sure that many of you, as you've perhaps gone home, you've faced opposition in your own home or in your own workplace or maybe in school, whatever it may be. But know that Jesus has overcome the world and that Jesus, through you, if we are faithful and remain in Jesus, all things are possible. So love well. Remain in Christ. Louis Evans tells of a story that probably some of us can relate. In one of the homes that he lived in growing through life, he found a weed that just would not go away. And regularly, every year, he would have to whack that weed out. Every year. And sometimes it wouldn't take him a day. It took him a couple of days because it was so abundant. He would have to travel, and when he got home, it blew up and sprouted. And this was kind of vexing for him because he just wanted to get rid of this weed. Until finally, he just dug and dug and dug and dug until he found the bulb, the whole base and the foundation of this problem. And it wasn't until he actually pulled this bulb out that finally the weeds went away. God desires to help us to lead and prune and clean us. And yet, when we're not able to give our whole problems, our whole life to him, the whole bulb 
that's when Jesus can truly do the heart surgery that's needed in our lives. Whether it be of forgiveness, whether it be of, of struggle, whatever burden that you are facing, may you give it to God. Give God the whole bulb that he may help lead and guide you and through the Holy Spirit do wonders anew in your life. So may God be with you, lead you, and guide you. And when the going gets tough, remain in Jesus. Be faithful and reach out because ultimately you are not alone. This is why we are here. This is why these three ladies are here because we love them. And they are here. This is a testament as well to your grace and love that they are here. So love well. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. So be with us now as we go forth, Lord. As we have con- concluding the I Am series, Lord, may we, above all, may we recognize that you are the vine and that through all things you deliver, whether it be nutrients for life, whether it be for power and conviction, for strength in dealing with a problem, Lord, you provide the necessary ingredients for life. So be with us in all that we do. Help us to remain and stay faithful. And thank you for everything, Lord, that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.